This is your life, God's truth. Your QFM, Phil and Mike here in the studio, and Pastor Gus on the phone from Warroad Community Church. Gus, how are you, sir? I'm well. Hello, gentlemen. Yes. Happy summer to you. It's here now, right? Hey, I, you know, it's 63 degrees up in War Road right now, and I'm loving it, uh, but I'd love it even more if it was 93. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Actually, summer hasn't quite arrived, and I do see an overnight low one day uh, later this week in the 30s. So oh, gotta great. Be, yeah, i got to be <laughs> a little bit careful. Well, we're, you know, we want to get into some God's truth here. There's so much in our nation. I spent some time talking to Dennis this morning. You know, if you talk about the negative things, Mike had sent me a, a text about uh, something having to do with shortages. Uh, you know, there's so much being said. We're in trouble, it would seem, in many ways. And, and then I was listening to something, how the judgment of God potentially falling on this nation and so forth. And we need to come before him humbly and and to repent, but that's kind of a negative word to some. And then you sent me a text. You you wanted to talk about you know repentance versus the hyper love message in churches. And so your task, Gus, is to weave all of this together. <laughs> you know, because uh, God does care. What's happening? He does. He does care. Yeah. He cares about us. And repentance, uh, part of the reason why I wanted to chat about it is because I've seen over the years that there are, there, there have been two type, types of churches. The religious churches that are very clinical and institutional, they formulate more around the mainline denomination churches. Mm-hmm. And then there are the born-again relationship churches that kind of have you know, basically taught, in my opinion, accurately about the religious churches, that they don't really preach the born-again-ness, they just preach, you know, kind of like a social justice type of message. Yeah. Well, you know, now the relationship churches that teach about being born-again, I believe, need somewhat of a, you know, revolution or revelation, and that is repentance, because the relationship churches nowadays in America seem to teach so lopsided the fact that God loves you, he has a plan for your life, just give your life to him, and he'll take you to heaven when you die. And they never really mention repentance. It's why so often there are these, like, false conversions. But if we don't have, if we don't identify with the fact that we are sinners that have been separated from God by that sin, we can't just be you know, the recipients of the love from God without understanding why we need that salvific experience, and that is repentance. So when you have a group of people in these born-again relationship-type churches that can't ever really get over the sin that it always plagues them, I believe you need to reevaluate on, did you give your life to Jesus because you were just convinced that he loved you enough to die for you? Or did you give your life to Jesus because you realized you were a sinner and needed, you know, to repent from that sin? Yeah. Because that's the big difference. Yeah, and love plays a part in repentance as well. Obviously, there's no doubt about it. And what I wanted you to unpack for us is repentance isn't a bad word, you know? Uh, No, it's a good word. Like, you know, but John the Baptist, Peter, Paul, Jesus himself, they all said, they never said this. God loves you so much that he died for you, 
and just give your life to him, and he'll take you to heaven. Nothing like that. It was always repent and believe, repent and believe, yeah. repent and believe. But nowadays, if we just believe in God, somehow we think that that's good enough for salvation. And it isn't, right? The devil believes in God. Yeah. He's not getting saved. So it's repent and believe. And repentance is the ultimate game changer, and it's wonderful up until after you do it. Like, up until you do it, it's so heart-wrenching, and so, <laughs> oh, I know, uh, you know. But when you do it, when you really do it, when you really repent of that, looking at those naughty pictures on your phone, or stop being, you know, you know, not generous with your church contributions, or, you know, whatever the sin happens to be, when you actually repent, which means to change, when you just change, it's like a thousand pounds get gets lifted off your shoulders. And you know that you really did repent when the thousand pounds feels lifted. Yes. If it doesn't feel lifted, you haven't really repented. Yeah, and we can't do it on our own strength. That's why Jesus himself said, I'm going to leave you some something better. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to be able to truly repent. Isn't that part of it as well? It's part of it. That I believe that happens like after to live the repentant lifestyle takes the Holy Spirit, and also to repent does take Him too. But at the same time, we can't just blame the Holy Spirit in that. Well, He just hasn't given me the power to yeah. repent yet. Good that's, point. That's hogwash, right? You know, we can choose yeah. to repent, and then we partner with the Holy Spirit to continue to live the repentant lifestyle. Because another thing that people mistake about the word repent means, they think it means, I feel sorry that I did this. But repent doesn't mean that. It means I've changed. Yeah. Like feeling sorry for your sin and then going back to that sin two weeks later, that's not repentance. Yeah. Right? right? That's, that's just, you know, remorse. And remorse doesn't get you into heaven. Repentance does. And why don't we do it? You know, why do some people hold back for years and years on repenting? And I think part of that is they don't understand the fear of the Lord, right? Yeah, Mike they and, don't, I, and they don't, and, and because their preacher, more often than not, just says, oh, God loves you. Yeah. And he cares for you, and he laid his life down for you. Just accept Jesus. And, and you know, then you get to go to heaven. It's not true. Yeah. You have to identify with being a... a a crappy sinner. You have to identify with being a wretched, hopeless, wicked, immoral person that hates God. Hmm. And after you get that revelation that I am that terrible, then God says, but hey, I love you. But you can't skip the I'm terrible and get to the I love you part. That's why, you know, people in the body of Christ, so to speak, or people that go to church, still need to get saved. Yeah. <laughs> but people will tell you b prior to that that God loves everyone. God loves the sinner. God loves the repentance person. God loves the believer. So, But he loves us so much that he's not, he doesn't want us to stay where we are. Exactly. But yeah. I think many people today, I would say just when you ask, you know, why don't we go there? Yeah. It's because they're told... God loves them anyway. Jesus loves you anyway. Yeah, why do I have to change? So right. why do I got to change? Right. 
Yeah. And that and that's where these relationship churches that are not religious churches but relationship churches need a reformation. Yeah. The religious churches need to understand relationship and now relationship churches because of the you know the lopsided teaching on the love of God also need a reformation and that is repentance. Yeah. Change. Yeah, and Jesus did teach it like you said and I had looked up Matthew chapter 10 you know, uh, verse 27 and a couple of verses, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and uh, soul in hell. I mean, Jesus knew about the fear of the Lord. That is such a good point. You bring up this, like people have said, to me over the years, you need to love people into heaven, don't scare them out of hell. And I'm like, you know, that's a positive way to spin it, and there's a measure of truth to that, but you know what? I do like to scare the hell out of people, pun yeah. intended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's it's true, and we're not doing it enough. Uh, and again... No, not, we're not. The yeah. preachers of righteousness are more preachers of God's love rather than real preachers of righteousness. And, and you look at Paul, like he was in prison, he was talking to this guy Felix, and Felix sent for him frequently, and Paul discoursed, and here's what the Scripture said, Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Yeah. Like, those are three of the most unpopular, you know, unloving type of messages, like righteousness, meaning the living right with God, self-control, meaning our responsibility to live right with God, and the judgment to come. That's what happens when we don't live right with God. Yeah. He, and he never was like, hey, Jesus loves you. Yeah. He was more like, you're a terrible sinner. <laughs> yeah, and Felix right. got so uncomfortable, he had to walk out, you know, wait a second here, uh, you know, and, but yet he yeah, was... Yeah, he said, I, I, you, can get, you can leave my presence, and, and I, you know, I will send for you when I find it convenient. <laughs> well, you know, living, you know, as a sinner is very inconvenient if you're a follower of Christ. But we have made it so convenient because God loves us so much. And it's just a lopsided gospel that isn't the gospel. Yeah. Well, here we go. A great reminder from Pastor Gus, and hopefully it registers. I know it registers with me, Mike. It's a a message we've got to hear. It's it's really one of the main reasons our nation is in as much trouble as it is. We lack the boldness that comes from truly repenting. And, you know, God's judgment is falling. I do believe that, Gus. And uh, we need to awaken the people of God to true repentance. Yeah. Yeah. So if preachers are listening to us, and if just not preachers, but just, you know, regular Christians that want a disciple, just focus on repent. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. You need to repent. Well, I'm not that bad. I'm, I'm not, you know, I haven't killed anybody. Yeah, but you still need to repent. Yeah. Of, you know, having improper thoughts, even. Yeah, and turn it to where repentance isn't this bad thing. Repentance no, is the... it's a fantastic thing. Like, exactly. Without repentance, man, we go to hell. Yeah, so it's, the it's, beginning, it's the beginning of your life in the kingdom of God. You Amen. know, a life that will be empowered and full of joy in all of that. Get out of your comfort zone, repent, and really experience the abundant life. That's that's really where it is. So, yeah, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're not experiencing this abundant life, it's probably because you still have secret sin that yeah. you have justified in your life that you don't even think you need to repent of. Yeah, 
And you haven't read the Joel Olstein book. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Your best life now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just like, wanted to... you know to... what he means by that? <laughs> like, that's a clever title, but there's no possible way that our best life can be now when we're eternal beings. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. And, and so yeah. many people... You know, Gus, I, I was visiting with someone today, actually, and their daughter... Um, you know, the, the couple I'm visiting with, good people, Christian people, and they're, they're preppers. They're getting ready. They're canning. They're doing all this oh, stuff. Oh, sure. Okay. And, they're, and they talked to their daughter, and their daughter said, you know what? God's going to take care of us. I'm not worried about it. And they asked me what I thought of that, and I said, well, at some point in time, yes, God will take care of us. But it's like the same people that always say this verbiage, I know how it ends. I know how it ends. God will take care of us. That doesn't mean we are to sit on the sidelines, not ask for forgiveness, not right. repent of what our sins, and, and, and really work on what yeah. we're living here for. Not get fully engaged. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so, so many people, I think, that I see and talk to believe that stuff. They truly believe that, you know, we don't want to talk about the fear of God because, man, when, that's why we left the Old Testament where it is. Because yeah. God was a, you know... Ra- I he was mean, a his wrath, he was a mean, he killed people. But now when Jesus came, goes to Gus's thing, the curtain was torn, and we just forget about the Old Testament, and now it's all this love. It's hyper love. It's hyper love, <laughs> Gus. Yeah. Well, yeah, good stuff. Great reminder. Gus, thank you, and enjoy the week. And busy week for us, we have the March for Jesus happening in both Grand Forks and Bemidji coming up this weekend. So bringing your church down? Right on. Yeah, right on. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Oh, that's all <laughs> it's right. Okay, but... I'm not. I'm not afraid to be put on the spot. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir. All right. This is your life. God's truth. Your QFM.